0: Um, I grew up in Westland, Michigan, and uh, I had a wonderful childhood. I grew up in Holiday Park townhouses, which was kind of like a utopia. I mean, it was safe and we rode our bikes everywhere. And I mean, from the time I was six, I would go up to the pool by myself and would stay all day long. We came home when the streetlights were on. Our parents didn't care where we were because they knew we, we were safe. We had a, I just had a phenomenal uh, childhood. I went to the same school system, kindergarten through 12th grade. I'm still friends with some of uh, the people who lived in that neighborhood with me. Um, and our kids are friends. And so it was just, I had a really great uh, childhood. My mother, when I was younger, took me to a small Baptist church. My mom uh, came here from Puerto Rico when she was two, and her oldest sister was 10, and none of them knew English, and it was freezing cold in Michigan, and it was pretty challenging. Um, and my grandma, growing up in Hispanic, a uh, very, very uh, uh, legalistic, Catholic-type background man. You didn't go to any church, but a Catholic church. And I think it's, you know, similar still in a lot a lot of Hispanic communities, um, and so my uh, my oldest aunt, uh, who was ten when she came here, she uh, was saved. I don't know how what, how old she was, and then she evangelized all of her sisters, um, much to the dismay of my grandma and grandpa. But she did. So my mom found Jesus, and then my mom started to take us to church when we were little. And I went to this great tiny little Baptist church where they just loved the tar out of this obnoxious, too loud kid. Um, and who really, I mean, back then it was even harder to go to church as a single mom, I would imagine, they probably wondered where my dad was and why he wouldn't come to church, and, and um, so anyways, well, there was A ton, little bit of time went by and my mom quit going to church because my dad would get mad that we'd wake him up in the morning. But I loved church, I, we did Awanas and Children's Church, there was puppets and I've talked about flannel graphs, I mean like it didn't get any better than Children's Church. So I would figure out any way that I could to get to church. I would call people, I'd just ask anyone who could drive who was going if they would pick me up and they would take me to church. Um, So at a very young age, um, I loved it, and I had a Sunday school teacher whose name was Derry, and he just had a way of teaching sunday school that we loved it i mean we were middle school high school kids and we loved going to sunday school it was huge on creationism and he would teach us all the theories about creation and we loved every second of it and he became a spiritual father to me and he was the first one who spoke into my life and said you know what melissa god has a really really special plan for your life. And I had never heard that before, and I can even picture in the hallway where we were when he said those words, when he spoke those words over me, and I held those words very dearly in my heart. so fast forward, my husband and I uh, get married, and we end up at a really small Wesleyan church. And at this little Wesleyan church, again, it just happened to be a bunch of people who loved Jesus, and for some reason loved me. It was it, To me, it was all, I think that's always been the amazing thing about people who love Jesus, is just how much they love you, regardless of who you are and what you can bring and what you can contribute. And there I met my second spiritual father, and his name was Terry. Nope, Jerry, this is, God is a sense of humor. No joke, I've had three spiritual fathers in my life, I was gonna share that at the end, but Terry, Jerry, and Terry. <laughs> I'm telling you, God has a sense of of humor. And Terry was our pastor at this little Wesleyan church that it was so odd we just happened to pass by one day and we just happened to say, oh, maybe we should check out this church. And from the first time we walked in the door, I knew that that's where God wanted us to be. We were newly married and just moved to Fenton. Um, And so we attended this uh, Wesleyan church for nine years and uh, Jerry was a dad to Mark and I. My husband doesn't have a father um, who is ever, ever been involved and I don't have a father who's a believer. And so it, always there were men who would take us under their wings and who would shepherd us and who would teach us. And I just remember the way that he loved Jesus and the way that he served so sacrificially in this small church that was never growing, that was never going to go anywhere and was full, quite honestly, with a bunch of people who just came to church but then left and did nothing else with it. And I thought, I just remember thinking, that has got to be so frustrating. Don't you want to, you know, he could have been with the way he could speak and the way he loved people. He could have been a pastor anywhere, but he chose to stay. And he chose also to build into my husband and I. And he was the first one who said, you know what, one day you're going to be speaking. And I thought, well, I never told anybody that. I was like, I've never, I don't even know if I told my husband that that was my dream and that's what I want. And at this point, I had never spoken anywhere—not here, not at churches—and he had, was able to point out a dream that God had planted in my heart that I had never even shared with him. Um, and then, about 12 years ago, my mother-in-law had a stroke. And she had, was newly uh, remarried and had moved to Heartland. And she was only 55 years old. And it was a pretty significant stroke. Like her, the whole left side of her body was involved and we had no idea um, until the blood in her brain dissipated. We had no idea how long or how much function she would get back. And so we wanted her to go to church. And she was living in Heartland and we had these friends in our neighborhood who for years would not stop bugging us about coming to their church. So you've got to come to our church. You've got to come our church. We'd say, but we're going to this church and God hasn't released us yet. No, you got to come. you got to come. Well, when my mother-in-law had the stroke, the church that they had been inviting us to uh, for quite a few years happened to be in Heartland and that was the river, which is now Venture. And so we picked up my mother-in-law one day. We walked into Venture and about six weeks or so later, I was like, this is where God wants me to be. And so we left our church up in uh, Swords Creek and ended up in uh, Heartland Adventure where I met my third spiritual father, who is Terry. Isn't that so funny? Terry, Jerry, Terry. Um, I think God laughs every time that uh, they say that. Um, and Terry was the one who saw the gift in me and said, you know what? It's not developed yet, and it's probably not great enough for our stage just yet, but I am going to invest in you. And so um, along with Good News for Women, they sent me out uh, to Colorado where I took a really intensive class, and then he just kept building into me and kept believing in me and just kept pointing me in the way. And because of those three men and because of how God used all these random circumstances, they seem random, right? Like you just happen to drive past a church and you walk in, or um, horrible things like my mother-in-law having her stroke. But had she not done that, we probably would never have gone to venture. And so all throughout that, when I look back, I can see how God has been so good. I can see how... In different phases of my life, when I was super immature in my faith, or the early years of college when I was like, "Hey, maybe I don't want to follow God anymore." That lasted about a month, and I was like, "Yeah, this is really stupid. I don't want to do this anymore." But still, like all all of it, early in marriage when I just I didn't know what I was doing, and I guarantee I was not a really great wife. When I was a young kid, and I was loud and I was kind of obnoxious. I was not. I was the teenager that listen. It took effort to love. I and see how God placed people in my life who loved me and pointed me in the direction of Him. And I stand here today because of those people who built into my life. And last week, one of the action steps I asked you was, is there anyone that you're investing in? And I didn't think about that till this morning. I thought, gosh, if it weren't for those three men and if it weren't for all of my Sunday school teachers and all my Awana teachers and all the children's church teachers who loved me, would I be able to do what I'm doing here today? And I don't know, but I can see how God has always been so, so good. And so there's a newer song that some of you may have heard and some of you have not, but every time I hear it, it literally does. I didn't just do that for this uh, opening this morning. But every time I hear this song, it brings me back to being a little child and that whole walks me all the way through till now, and I can see how God has been so good. So Gwen is going to, she's so kind, because I asked her like two days ago. I'm like, will you sing this song for us? Gwen is going to lead us in this song. I'm going to run back, and I'm going to start the music, and then um, she wants us to sing along. Oh, absolutely. OK. All right.